0: This is Transistor.fm.
1: 2,960,666 years of Transistor. Frankly, I think that's a better deal than getting uh, $20 off a lip wax.
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the the behind-the-scenes story of building a web app in 2018. I'm John Buda, a web developer. And I'm Justin
1: Jackson. I'm a product and marketing guy. Follow along as we launch Transistor.fm. That's our startup. That's what we're doing.
0: Yeah, we're doing it.
1: And the the fun thing, especially I think right now, is that we keep making progress. Like you were uh, I guess we're going to get right into this. I, I, I'm already screwing with our order, John. But uh, you were just sharing with me these new um, shareable pages. Can you can you explain a little bit about what you just built?
0: Yeah. Um, so it's sort of related to being able to share it on social media and Twitter and things like that. So you can share an episode in which uh, Transistor will actually embed a playable audio file into the Twitter timeline. Yeah. It's like an embeddable player. But in order to do that, you sort of need a link to share, which then Twitter will like find the appropriate tags in the document and, and like build your player. So for every episode in Transistor, there's going to be this like shareable landing page. that's like, a, you know, a nicely designed um, single episode page that will link to some of your other accounts and have the full episode description and have a player on it. Yeah. So those will be going those will be going live pretty soon. Uh, you'll be able to grab that URL and also the embeddable player URL from your dashboard.
1: Yeah, it looks really yeah. it looks really good. Like uh, I'm going to put it in the show notes. You can get to those at saas.transistor.fm. Just look for this episode. I think we're going to call it it's going to be something about money as a little Teaser: We're going to talk about money today, uh, so look for the title with money, and yeah, go to to the links at the end, and I'll have an example of this. But looks really good, and um, yeah, excited to it. It's especially exciting when you have users.
0: Yeah, it is
1: because now I can put and, faces to people. I'm like, oh, you know, Joe's going to be able to use this, and you know, you start to think like, oh, this is really fun that. Folks are going to, you know, everything we release now gets used by, yeah, at this stage, you know, 20, 20, yeah, probably 20 some people.
0: Yeah. The downside to that, though, is every new feature we release, uh, it's not 100% finished. So there's always feedback and bugs and like <laughs> things we're thinking about doing that people bring up. So it's this stream of, yeah, you know, support requests. But yeah, it's fun. It's always good to hear from people.
1: Yeah, it's part of the game. Uh, we've talked yeah. a little bit about this before, but it, it's way better to release something uh, when you can, and then get people using it and giving you feedback, than to stay in your creative cave forever and just be hmm. crafting and crafting and crafting, yeah. only to release something too late or to release something that could have benefited from some user feedback right away. So,
0: yep, yeah, I so yeah,
1: I dig yeah. this. This is awesome.
0: Yeah. So as, as you know, along with the progress on the actual application, there's obviously progress with getting the word out, which you've done a, a really good job on.
1: Oh yeah, we we had a big day on Product Hunt. We should say hello to all of our new Product Hunt listeners. If you came here via Product Hunt, thank you. Um, I can't remember when I posted that. It's it was a little while ago for those of you that don't know, Product Hunt is a website where you're supposed to share cool new apps, cool new software products. And I broke the rules a little bit because I submitted this show, uh, a show about building a product. But I figured the audience was right and they would probably let it through. And um, I think we were number one that day, which is something (laughs) a lot of people try to get to. That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it It absolutely... So it's always interesting to see what actually gives us traction. So that's the number one question people ask is, how do I get more listeners for my show? And in this case, having a show about building a web app in a community of people who are building web apps really translated into listens. Uh, So our previous record was 443 downloads in a day. And uh, Product Hunt launch day was 1773. So that's like a four X improvement. Yeah. And then the next day we did 1483. So, uh, so again, like normally it would be 431, then we'd go down to 156 the next day and yeah. then yeah,
0: 60- we'll 60. We'll see what the long tail is for that. Yeah. If actually, if people actually subscribe to the show, if it was like a one-off listen,
1: mm-hmm. it's always interesting. Exactly. Yeah. But that really worked for us, um, and, yeah, really fun.
0: Thanks to everyone that kind of listened and upvoted. That'll that will give me a nice incentive to build out our analytics so we can actually see which episodes they were listening to.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, a lot of these things, um, uh, for example, uh, tracking episode listens, especially in the web player, by referrer is an interesting idea. Uh, You can do it, a lot of people track it by like uh, what client people are listening in, like Apple Podcasts, whatever. Yeah. But in the case of this show, you know, we would have got a lot of web traffic and we can see that in Google Analytics, but it'd be cool to see that actually in your transistor dashboard too. Like, you know what? You got a bunch of new listeners from Product Hunt or Google Search or whatever.
0: I'm not sure how helpful it is to know how these people listen yeah
1: do you,
0: do you have an opinion on that well I mean, it's... oh yeah so oh man that would be a good topic for another show too the, and maybe that's another show well analytics well but...
1: one thing is it is good to know if uh a lot of people are listening in itunes because then you can really start to double down on some strategies in itunes you know you yeah getting into what's what's uh, like uh, new and noteworthy is really important uh the other thing for, for example, Overcast, if Overcast is a big uh, part of your stats, then maybe you might want to purchase one of those ads in Overcast. Yeah. So I can see them sometimes being actionable. And, and because some of these players double as directories, so iTunes and Overcast both have their own directories. If you can see, you know, you're getting a lot more listens, be, you know, kind of organically through one of those uh, directories. That's interesting, too. But the stats are not very actionable right now in general in podcasting.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's definitely, I think, another episode topic.
1: Yeah. Uh, one it's thing. A,
0: it's a big topic.
1: One stat I saw today is that Spotify, I think, is becoming about 5% on average of people's uh, podcast listens. And oh, wow. uh, I, we got some news, right? We signed the docs. And yeah,
0: we are officially a I guess a Spotify aggregation partner. Yeah.
1: I believe is the title. It's weird that they chose the word aggregation.
0: Right. Um, <laughs> I-, I wonder if yeah, I wonder if that's like a holdover from the music industry. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I was I was involved in a music startup, uh, was it like two thousand and seven, I wanna say? Okay. And we would deal with these distributors who were basically just sending us like hard drives full of music every week. Really? Um I guess they were just aggregating different labels together, maybe it's something like that. We should send Spotify a hard drive. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was really funny because it was it was that was so antiquated. That was 2007, right? And it's like that was the easiest way to send terabytes of information.
1: Yeah. We should send them a a hard drive of just you and I trying to figure out how to play Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a recording of us going, okay, and reading the manuals and figuring out character sheets and all that stuff.
0: Coming up with voices.
1: (laughs) And then people could search for it. Justin and John, D&D on Spotify. (laughs) Uh, So that's really exciting. Uh, We're going to have that uh, integrated into our app right away. We were able to... Send some of our first shows to Spotify, and they're going to be searchable in the app uh, fairly soon. So uh, that's really exciting. Um, I wanted to talk about this thing because I'm getting a lot of people messaging me uh, about Casey Neistat. Now we were talking before. Do you do you know who Casey Neistat is, or do you follow? I keep him?
0: hearing this. I keep hearing this name, and I know he's somewhat famous. I never really knew what he did. I always felt like maybe he was one of those. YouTube vloggers that had, like, some sort of scandal going on, but I don't think it is. Interesting, interesting. I don't really know. I I just, I don't, I guess I just don't pay attention to that. So, Casey Neistat is
1: kind of, um, I'm not sure if he, he was one of the first vloggers ever on YouTube, Uh, and before that he was a filmmaker, he was just making short films and kind of traditional uh, filmmaking, discovered YouTube, and uh, did this daily vlog where he would always have a really well, uh, really yeah, well-made story arc. So it's about his life in New York City, and he's very like people who watch him watch him aspirationally because his life just seems so interesting. And he's starting this new project called Three Six Eight, and it's going to be kind of like a creative hub in New York where him and his friends are going to be able to make videos, films, and notably podcasts. He's mentioned this now on a bunch of, and so it's funny. You can kind of see like how much of an impact he has culturally because every video he's mentioned podcasts in, I get these DMS and emails and messages in Slack going, Hey, Casey's getting into podcasting. You should reach out to him. And, um, I think that's interesting on its own, but I wanted to talk about, um, cause I, you know, I've had a, a number of these messages and part of me is like, you know, should I try to reach out to him? And, uh, Jack Conte, who is the, um, I hope I'm not getting all these names wrong. He's the CEO of Patreon, Jack Conte. Yeah. He just made this really crazy video for Casey to get his attention. And, um, You know, he basically wanted a meeting with Casey yesterday. And Casey said yes because of this crazy video. And part of me goes, man, like Jack Conte is like the founder of Patreon. You'd think that would be enough, but he had to make this crazy video and get his attention. Hmm. And so, you know, I've been kind of wrestling in my mind with is it even worth trying to get Casey Neistat's attention? Like, what would that do for us as a business? Does that even matter? Right.
0: I guess to a certain extent, having people who are well-known, big names on your platform could be beneficial if, I guess, if they talk about you. But I don't know what, what's in it. Why would they do that? What's in it for them?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I think, I mean, the one thing is it can be a nice uh, bit of social proof. So as people are, yeah. you know, we're brand new and people are like, well, why should I host my podcast with you? And my answer is always, well, Cards Against Humanity hosts their podcast and they have almost 3 million downloads on our platform. And it's a way of legitimizing what you're doing. It helps to have a ringer that you can bring up. And um, anyway, so I was just like debating this in my head. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to tweet about it. So I tweeted something like, you know, people keep messaging me about Casey and podcasting. Uh, I'm wondering if, um, you know, I, I have no idea how I would even introduced myself to Casey. Well, I sent that tweet and then I got a DM from Kaylee and she said, I used to do video titles for him. Here's his email address. <laughs> now I'm sure like th- this is not like, uh, it's not like a sure thing, but it, cause he probably gets tons of people emailing him. But I just thought that was interesting that putting it out into the open, um, got that kind of response. And then I I just went and got a coffee right before we started chatting. And I was telling the story to my barista, Andrew McWilliam. uh, And he was saying, um, you know, my friend also worked with Casey. Let me know and maybe I can get my friend to mention you as well. And I think what's interesting about it is part of me thought, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. Part of me thought, well if I do pursue this, I shouldn't put it in the open because we've got other competitors that are trying to get Casey's attention. And and I think more often than not, it's actually better to put it out in the open, get it out in public, because I wouldn't have made either of those connections if I had not
0: done Yeah, it. you don't know where that's going to lead. I mean, it might not lead to Casey using us, but it might lead to someone else or yeah someone else referring us to s- someone else who's doing a podcast. Yeah, yeah. I guess you kind of never know.
1: And this actually led me to another thought which I just wanted to bring up quickly, especially since I know we've got so many incredible listeners that are really kind of cheering us on. Like some listeners are our friends, some listeners are just people that have been following our work online. And I think, you know, when you're trying to think about how uh, people can help each other with you know their projects and things like that. The best thing I think anybody can do is say, hey, my friend John has a podcasting startup called transistor. You should check them out or you should try them out. That line is so helpful to anyone starting something new. you know someone's a brand new artist and you know you're at a you know someone's looking for art and you go, hey, you know what my friend? Uh, Rachel just started painting and, you know, I really dig her stuff. You should check her out. And giving the website, that is so helpful. And I just wanted to shout out Joe Workman, who is one of our first paying customers over at WeaverRadio.com. He just referred someone to us the other day, and I'm sure it was just in conversation. He just said, hey, uh, if you want to start a podcast, oh, you want to start a podcast? Oh, just talk to my friend Justin. At Transistor and yeah,
0: it's yeah. I mean that's that's totally invaluable. Like it's in a marketplace that I guess I wouldn't say is saturated, but there are a lot of other. We of competition. There's other players. There's mm-hmm. you know, a handful of other places they could go, and to have someone have someone give their approval is is a huge huge win for us.
1: Yeah, and I think it also goes back to something we keep hitting on, which is relationships are important. And, uh, there's a lot of folks that will only, uh, buy things or try things relationally. So Mm. if you want a good coffee in Vernon, you've got to go to ratio coffee, uh, that my buddy Andrew owns. Like that's what I'll say every single time. And I always say, when you go, tell them that Justin sent you because that relationship I think is important. And, you know, for someone to think, oh, you know what? I, uh. You know, I saw, I was a big follower of John's work when he was working on this project, and um, I kind of know him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start my podcast with him because I kind of know him. There's something powerful about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that happened uh, the other day in the office, yesterday in the office. So in the Cards Against Humanity office, we have a number of people working out of there who are not part of Cards Against Humanity or Black Box uh, who have podcasts. And one of those people came up to me She was like, I'm thinking of moving our entire network over to Transistor because you're a local Chicago company. And I was like, that's awesome.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Let me know what I can do to help.
1: Yeah. Um, It makes a difference when you, especially if you've had a bad experience with customer support in the past, sometimes you just want to feel like, I know someone on the inside that could really help me out. Yeah, definitely. And to be honest, in the beginning, that's kind of... You you need to rely on that. That's one of your uh, strengths. Is at this point, you know, if Joe Workman messages me in Slack and says, "Hey, this thing's not working for me," I'm going to do whatever I can to help him because mm-hmm. we're young, we're hungry. Um, you know, we have just a handful of customers, and we want to make sure people have a great experience. And so, anyway, I I just thought that that whole. Casey Neistat thing kind of sent off this stream of, you know, thoughts with me. And um, that kind of stream of consciousness, I think, is what people like about the show. So that's what I wanted to talk about. Hope so. But let's let's get into the main topic. What are we talking about this week, John?
0: We are talking about money, as in dollars and cents. And How we get it, how we make it, how we spend it, how we decide to spend it, how we decide not to spend it, (laughs) all all those things. All that stuff.
1: So let's talk about how, just as a background, how has most of the money uh, in the transistor bank account come in so far?
0: Uh, Let's see. So initially it was uh, me putting some money in for my own personal account to get things rolling, uh, to pay, you know um to pay the stripe atlas sign up fee to pay a designer um to design you know the logo and some branding and a little bit of that um that was it really it was it didn't need to be a whole lot of money at first because of stripe atlas and how they gave us you know credits for aws and we can rely on those the free credit to do our web hosting yeah um Other than that, it was you putting in some money once you were officially on. Yep. And then we had an episode sponsorship for this show. Yep. Shout out to Bullet Train. Thanks for doing that. We had... uh, That's it, right? And then we have, obviously, money from subscriptions in Transistor from our customers. That's right. uh, Through Stripe, which is, you know, not a lot yet, but it's slowly growing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so... And, um, so basically the way the initially we were just like, okay, John, you put in some money. I'm going to put in an equal amount of money. Uh, I'm not there yet, but we're getting up there. And then, uh, our next big thing was, you know, our first customer paid their annual fee. Then our next big thing was our, was our, uh, sponsorship from, from Andrew Culver. And then we've, opened up early access to everybody else. And now we've got, you know, these small monthly amounts coming in. So there's not a lot of money in the transistor account.
0: There's not.
1: <laughs> no. I think that's one thing I realized, um, you know, when I look at it, uh, I, I just like, I've, I'm used to spending my own company's money. Like it's just me, solopreneur. This is what I was talking to uh, Francois in the office here uh, in this cowork office I'm in. I was like, man, the biggest difference is now is John and I were partners we've got this new company, but I'm used to like just like oh I need this I just spend the money and yeah part of that is because I built up a business that has cash flow and money coming in all the time, and now it's like, oh we we should get this oh wait a second we we don't have the money. <laughs> <laughs> there's not enough money to do that. Right. And it's it's a, a real different mindset. Um, part of it, I think, is healthy because I'm realizing, especially with you, because <laughs> you're kind of like the sober second thought, because uh, I'm like, oh, we should just spend this money. And you're like, well, do we really need to do that? Do we? And I haven't had
0: anyone questioning my purchasing decisions until <laughs> <Right>. now. <laughs> yeah, I guess I think of it I think of it a little bit differently in like, can this, what, what is this money we're getting pay for, for the company? Like in, in monthly costs, right? Like one sponsorship might pay for like two months of our, our media hosting or, Mm -hmm. uh, a month of, I don't know. What are some other services we're using, right? That we're paying for monthly and, uh,
1: web hosting. Uh, we pay for podcast editing for this podcast. Yeah. Um, we pay for domains we've already had to pay like taxes and corporate fees
0: yep we had paid a lawyer f- for some business work for you and i mm-hmm. to get legal
1: yeah it almost seems ridiculous in some ways because in some ways these are small amounts compared to any other business oh yeah but when you've got just a little cheddar in the <laughs> in the yeah. in the account it's just like ah like we really can't Go crazy right now!
0: Yeah, it really, it really sort of m- makes you prioritize what, what you want to spend money on, um, and then it also makes it makes every notification we get in our Slack channel of a payment being made to us like, like high five, like yeah. high five through the internet. That much uh, more
1: exciting for sure.
0: Yeah, me...
1: yeah. I'm just looking at our bank account right now and just seeing if there's anything we miss. But I, I think that pretty much covers it. Yeah. Now this brings up. A good question, which I've definitely thought about. And it was with the first question our lawyer asked us, which was, are you going to get funding? And you know, that's a something a lot of folks consider right when they're starting, especially a software company. Are we going to get funding? Early on, something you and I discussed was we really want to bootstrap this thing as as you know long as we can. We're not like opposed to funding. We don't think funding is evil, but We definitely felt like, you know, let's see how far we can get just you and I putting sweat, blood and tears and a bit of our own green in and see what happens.
0: Yeah, I think funding funding would change the nature of how the company is run quite a bit.
1: What do you mean by that? Like, what do you think it would change?
0: I think we probably would not get funding for just the two of us. I think it would probably be we'd have to approach you know, some investment firm or venture capital or even an even individual and show them what we're trying to build and how we want to grow the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they're just going to give like two people, a two-person team, a bunch of money without them having a plan for growth because obviously they want to get their money back.
1: Yeah, you're right. And and even thinking about how we would have to hire fast and all the decisions you would have to make quickly, Yep, uh, I think it goes against some of our belief, which is like, we believe in growing things kind of organically, in a linear way, uh, making it manageable, not um, having too much chaos, trying to balance the chaos in order a little bit. So that those are the reasons, I think, not to get funding. What are some of the reasons to get funding? Like, what? how would it help us?
0: Well, obviously, we will, we'd be able to grow a lot faster. Um, we'd be able to put that money into... Building out, you know, a more, I don't know, a better infrastructure for like ton. We could, you know, pay a bunch more money for better infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, we would be able to, you know, hire a dedicated, let's say, marketer or dedic- another dedicated programmer to move the product faster, a designer. I mean, it's. Yeah. But then all of those, all of those add in other complexities. Now you're managing people and. You're worrying about doing payroll instead of actually building a thing. And you're worried about, yeah, it just adds in an inherent amount of complexity, which I don't, I, we might get there at some point, you know, it'd be great if Transistor was big enough to, to do that and hire someone else or whatever. I'd love it if we got there without funding. Um, what do, What are your thoughts on that? What do you, where do you it, think
1: it, it would? It kind of goes back to why figuring out what you want first is so important because, you know, for me, I wanted to build something significant and something that uh, I felt reflected my values. I wanted to build something that would give me more freedom, not less. Mm. Yep. And I'm not opposed to hiring people. I mean, I think that part would be amazing, but i there there's a lot of running a bigger company, especially a company that's growing really fast. That just doesn't feel like it's what I want, at least not at this stage. Maybe I'll change my mind. But it just feels like right now I just want something that, you know, if it could support you and I and then maybe a few other people and, you know, we're making an impact with customers and helping their lives get better, we're helping um, to improve this medium of audio, uh, learning and entertainment. And, you know, like that to me is worthwhile and I I don't want to get distracted from that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, your, your point to like, how did it affect your values and what the type of company you would want to build and the freedom you can have to do that. I think is huge Mm -hmm. emphasis on freedom to do that and freedom to sort of build it when you want and how you want and sort of build Build your life around it as opposed to it building your life for you almost. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah.
1: Know? yeah. Um, now, on the other hand, I have felt one of the, something I have experienced since we've started that I didn't anticipate is that, you know, a couple of weeks in, I was already like, man, it'd be nice to move faster. You know, yeah. like oh, yeah. you're working full time. I'm working full time on other things and, you know we spend a lot of time on transistor like it, during a day, you and I are both investing considerable amounts of time and then weekends and evenings and all that stuff. But, you know, I've definitely had that thought of Mike, Oh, if, it'd be great to get John some help. If John had help, you know, here, yeah. we could move twice as fast. I mean, that's probably not true. Um, uh, but you know, you, we could move a little bit faster. And then, oh, if we had this person here, we could move even faster. And, you know, I, I'm not uh, naive. We are in a race. This is a competition. This is, we're, we're, we're trying to be nice capitalists, but we're still in hmm. a capitalist system and it's very competitive. Uh, so if someone doesn't sign up with us, they're going to sign up with one of our competitors. Yeah. And so every day that we keep our waiting page, you know, our, uh, you know, sign up to hear when we launch page, every day we keep that up, uh, we're potentially losing market, mar- losing yep. customers, and so yeah. I think that part is, you know, if you were going to if you were going to entice me over to the dark side and go, oh, you know, you, here's some money, I'd be like, ah, you know, it would be nice to move faster.
0: Yeah, it's. It's a trade-off. I was chatting with a, a friend of mine who uh, used to live in Chicago, who's been in San Francisco for a number of years now, and he, I hadn't really talked to him in a while. I just started texting back and forth, and he, he's at a pretty large company in San Francisco, a startup, and I, he's sort of seeing a bunch of problems there from them trying to grow really fast still. And what he said to me was, I'm beginning to suspect that fast growth and healthiness are nearly mutually exclusive. Mm. You can have one or the other, but not both. And I I think it's, you know, healthiness as as a company and as, you know, the individuals working there, I think, just trying to move fast. and Yeah. That said, I've never, I've personally never really been part of a company that had a lot of funding like that. Like I've been in companies where there was some seed rounds or like friends and family rounds and there's certainly pressure to you know build something within a certain time frame mm-hmm. for those people to get their money back but i've never really been part of a startup that had you know vc funding and millions and millions of dollars and tried to go really fast yeah so i i you know i i'm speaking on it up uh, on the subject but can't really speak for it directly mm-hmm and and me as well. I've o- I've only
1: worked for oh no, actually I I have worked for one funded startup, and, and part of this does get down to it's kind of a religion which camp you're in. You know the the bootstrappers are our gods are DHH and Jason Freed and the venture funded people their gods are Mark Andreessen and uh, you know whoever uh, I don't know. There's other people on that side too. Yeah, uh, uh, Paul Graham probably. I think there's other models that are interesting. For example, uh, Bryce at Indie VC. Oh, yeah. I think that's kind of a cool model. Uh, basically, they they want to invest in businesses that are trying to make something and sell them for a profit. And so, you know, I think there's something to that. I, I also kind of... One thing about funding, I always <laughs> thought, as, as soon as Kickstarter came out, I was kind of like, that's so brilliant. You basically say, hey, if is there any customers out there that want this? Well, Give us your money now, and we'll make the thing, and then yeah. we don't need to get investors, right? And so, you know, like part of me, if if, you know, I, I'm just going to put this out there right now, like if you have a million dollars, and you want to pay us for a thousand years of, of transistor, we will take your money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't guarantee we'll be yeah. up in a thousand years, but. You know, if you if you have a million dollars and you're like, you know what, I just want to give these young whippersnappers something, um, then yeah, give us your money and we will we'll give you a lifetime membership to Transistor.
0: Yeah,
1: what would that be? It, it's funny though. <laughs> I, I gotta figure yeah, out. I, I gotta know. figure out how many years that would be. That's how many okay. years. That's about yeah. That's about at our. We're thinking we're gonna be about forty dollars a month when we launch. That's twelve times forty divided by a million that's 2000 years i think that's pretty good you can get 2000 years of transistor for a million dollars that's a good
0: deal we'll be around that long but we'll see uh it's funny though you mentioned a few minutes ago with indie indie vc where they want to invest in businesses that sell something for money mm-hmm. which is funny that like that's that's not every company right yeah i mean business is usually you sell something for more money than it costs you and you make money yeah but that's not Really, how businesses operate these days?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, especially funded companies like they. Yeah, they're. It's all about growth, and so right. You know, Anchor has fourteen million dollars in funding and fourteen point four. Now, just remember, I just said for if someone paid us a million dollars at our price, forty dollars per month, which is higher than most podcast hosts, they would get two thousand years <laughs> of uh, transistor. Anchor has fourteen point four million, so they have fourteen of those, and they basically they need to grow that sucker so fast in terms of user base, so that they can eventually um, give you know those investors probably want at least five x. I'm guessing what's five x? So five times seventy two million they need to make in revenue somehow,
0: right? Or Sell it or sell I mean, it i
1: I mean, and that could be the game too. that is another game we haven't talked about is that you know maybe audio and podcasting is super hot, and maybe down the road, Amazon gets hungry for audio startups and they're like looking at everybody going, Oh okay, I could buy transistor for you know they said if i give if they, if we give them a million dollars, they'll take it, so you know, and then anchor <laughs> and maybe seventy two dollars. Sorry, $72 for Amazon to buy Anchor is a pretty good deal. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking back on my time in Chicago, and there was a really big period in 2008, 2009, I want to say, where Groupon was like... Oh, yeah. Just starting up in Chicago, and it was like the fastest-growing, hottest company in the world, right? And they were buying up all these competitors and got a bunch of funding, and... Higher. I have a lot of friends who worked at Groupon as developers and designers, and I, I still work with uh, one of my coworkers. Worked at Groupon for five years, and I I never got sucked into that bubble, but like it was it was tempting. But I I also would go over there once in a while for like a meet up or something, and just see this room of developers and people, and be like, what are all these people doing? Yeah, like what what are they? They got like Aqua hired and they hired they had like five hundred developers or something like what are these people working on? yeah, and the, my friends that I know there are like uh, not much, like things move slow because it's big, so you don't really do much, but there's a lot of us, and it's like that sounds awful and it just all it all just imploded right They went public and they made some money, but like yeah, I mean their market is not great
1: yeah they they got one point four billion dollars. Yeah. In funding. Yeah. Guess how many years of transistor <laughs> that would get to <laughs> uh, 2,960,666 years of transistor. I f- frankly, I think that's a better deal than getting uh, $20 off a of lip wax.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the title for the show.
1: <laughs> uh, it, the numbers are so big. I just... Yeah, I know. It, it's it, it Especially when you're on our side and like, I mean, I don't want to reveal too much, but we're under, in terms of MRR, we're under $500 a month right now. We've just started. <laughs> right. So 500 times 12, that's $6,000 revenue a year right now. <laughs> and these folks are talking about, you know, <laughs> yeah. like millions and billions. It just is... Insane. Now, I know there's a lot of money out there, and some folks are yelling at their podcast player right now. Actually, if you're yelling, I that's I always find that interesting. If you have like yelled something out loud during this episode, could you tweet that to us at Transistor FM? Because I find myself doing that all the time. And I just want to hear your guys' angry <laughs> rants. Like if you're like, ah no, you guys are stupid. There's so much money in the world. Like you just don't understand. Uh, tweet us transistor, FM. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 I don't know. It, again, it comes down to your values. How do you want to grow? What kind of life do you want? And um, you know, um, my first kind of goal for this company is that we would get to probably two hundred thousand dollars in revenue a year. That would that's like a nice kind of yeah. first step. And then after that, I would like to get to a million. I haven't thought much about what comes after that.
0: I don't think you need to. I mean, it's I've never been in that situation. <laughs> I think we'd have to, you know, figure that out as we go. Yeah. First first step is 200,000. Yes. Let's start there. Exactly. We're not not anti-funding, but I think at this point we're we're holding off. Reevaluate later.
1: I've got some great tweets by Joel Gascoigne, founder of Buffer, and John O'Nolan, founder of Ghost. I'll put those in the show notes as well. Maybe just to close off, why don't we talk about? We've already touched on this a little bit, but yeah, how we spend our money, how we decide um, how to spend it. Um, you you mentioned like part of what you were asking is, can we get away? You know, like some of the, some of the questions you ask when you don't have much money in the account. Yeah, you want to go into that?
0: Yeah, well, I think the first. The first um, time I noticed that with Transistor was, so with, with Stripe Atlas, you get set up with a bank account mm-hmm. uh, with this bank in San Francisco, which is cool because of whatever, it's in San Francisco, but it's just a business account. And they have a $25 monthly fee unless you have a certain balance, which is like 25 grand. And like if you're a startup, if you don't have funding, you're not going to have that. No. So after spending... You know, for four months of spending twenty five bucks a month on for what? Yeah, I was like, this is dumb. Got it, signed up for a different business account with no fees. Closed that one out, and now we're saving twenty five bucks a month. Which you know, not much, but like it's it's something. Yeah, it's, it's actually made me rethink actually how some
1: companies acquire customers because in the beginning, if you don't have either a free tier or a tier that's quite, you know, like good for startups basically. Right. So yeah. you know, like give us X number of visits. And then once we pass that, you can charge us more or, you know, MailChimp gives us X number of subscribers and then charge us more. Um, there, there is something about that that's super helpful when you're just getting started. And I used yeah. to be a big fan of, I'm still a big fan. I, I really like the product. It's not mixed panel. Mixed panel actually is a good example of a company that does this well. They have a really generous kind of. De- uh, I think they call it indie developer tier. Yeah, and just to be able to like have give us some room to grow, but then um, segment is the other company I was thinking of. Okay, they're just they're a great product, but they're just really expensive for someone who's starting out, and uh, you know, we could probably grow with them if you know. If their intro tier was a little bit more generous, but we can't even get in the door. And that's fine. Like, they probably make their money off other folks. But yeah, so we've been thinking about, like,
0: ways to do things for free. We switch bank accounts, right? Switch bank accounts. We, um, our customer support chat widget, uh, sort of like help desk mm. product that we use is Kayako. I think I'm saying that correctly. Yeah. They actually have a free plan that works well for us for now. Yeah. As opposed to something like Intercom, which probably is a lot better. Yeah. But is really expensive. Yeah. Um. At, at least in our stage, right? Like down the road, sure, it might make sense. But right now, mm-hmm. um, it just wasn't. It the trade-off wasn't really worth it for the amount of money we'd be spending a month. Yeah. Um.
1: What else? We're using. We're using a personal plan for GitHub, I think.
0: Yeah, it's a personal plan. Uh, we could form an organization, but again, it's two of us, and we'd be paying per seat for that, I think. Uh, and we only really have like one or two repositories that we need.
1: So, I mean, we are spending some money. We, we just got Flywheel. Uh, that was another uh, yep. for, for hosting. And we used uh, some of the money we got from, um, from our sponsorship for that actually. So when, when bullet train (laughs) sponsored us, I used some of that money to pay for a year of flywheel. And I think it was like 160 bucks or something like that. But I, I know there's some people laughing at us right now going 160 bucks. Like that's nothing.
0: And that's for a year. Yeah, a month.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's for a year. I, it just kind of goes to show, like the mindset that John and I are in it at this point. Like we're we we don't want to blow a bunch of money uh, when we're still growing revenue. We want yeah. revenue to grow, and we basically eventually want revenue to grow much greater than what we're spending money on. Yeah, and and then after after that, we want to have enough left over that we could eventually pay ourselves. And so there's a balance here obviously like we talked last episode I think it was last episode about how we decided to hire uh Adam Clark to build our website our marketing site um that's going to be our biggest purchase so far I think right
0: uh in this year yeah I mean design design uh, work was a little bit more than that mm. that yeah. was last year yeah that was the biggest one the other the other one that just came to mind for services we use so Obviously, with with a uh, company, you want email addresses that are under your domain.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Gmail for business is no longer free. Oh, yeah. It used to be. Yeah. So, uh, I found an alternative, which is Zoho Mail. Yeah. And Zoho is a big company. They're like a productivity suite, but they offer a free tier of email with your domain name for like five email addresses for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, admittedly, Gmail... Might be better for an interface and maybe like spam detection, but it works. It works really well, and it's yeah. You know, at some point, probably we'll switch to Gmail. Yeah, or Google Apps, or you know, whatever it's called. But like for now, it's works fine. It's free.
1: Yeah, it, it actually all these decisions have made me think about how I spend money in my other company because I have <laughs> five accounts under my uh, my Google Apps account, so it cost me fifty five dollars a month. Um, yeah. And it's really the company's just me. But when it was free, I created all these email addresses. And now, right. and I just haven't like, you know, consolidated. Yeah.
0: It. I mean, it adds up, right? It's like, even for personal expenses, you have all these monthly fees and services you sign up for. And you're like, can I get a better deal? Can I call and renegotiate? Can I, Yeah, do I need this?
1: Well, one thing to consider, and maybe we'll close with this, is right now, John, you and I are practicing For what it's going to be like when it's bigger. And if we can't manage these things now, when everything is smaller and simpler, so our revenue is smaller, our costs are lower, you know, if we can't develop good habits now, how are we going to, you know, are we just magically going to know how to budget once we get to $2 million in sales? I don't think so. And so, I, for me, I think, and for all you out there that are bootstrapping or starting small, what you're learning now, what you're putting into practice now, is super valuable. It's not like I don't feel like you know we're sacrificing or we're doing it just because you know we're super cheap. It feels like we're learning valuable skills that we're going to need to continue to use, yeah, and not take dollars for granted like. <laughs> You know, maybe, you know, if Zoho is a better deal, maybe we should just keep going with Zoho.
0: Yeah. It hasn't been as painful as I thought it would be. But no, it's not bad. Um, speaking of budgeting, though, that uh, reminds me that we need to sign up for accounting software. Yes. <laughs> so right now we have a spreadsheet that I think is out of date. Um, we've had some expenditures and some some money coming in that we maybe haven't recorded. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably should do that before it gets out of hand. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we'll probably... We'll probably have to pay for that.
1: We'll probably have to pay for that. We'll probably use zero or something like that, I yeah. think. Uh, hopefully this is interesting and helpful for you out there. Uh, let us know again if you were, you know, you have thoughts. i actually getting a few emails in our inbox, shows at transistor.fm. Uh, if you're a listener and you want to send us an email, do it right there. Uh, like I said, we're on Twitter at transistor.fm. Instagram, transistor.fm.
0: John Buddha, where can folks find you again? Uh, Twitter at John Buddha, J O N B U D A. I'll get on there at some point in the future. <laughs> <laughs> and John Buddha johnbuddha.com. Yes, John Buddha.com. Don't forget
1: about that. On Twitter, I'm the letter M, the letter I, Justin, M I Justin. And I've got a personal blog at JustinJackson.ca. Folks, if you're still with us, right till the end. Thank you so much. Scroll down in your Apple podcast player or go there on your computer into iTunes, search for build your SaaS, click that five star um, rating thing. It really does help us get the show out. And even better to say, hey, you should listen to the show I'm listening to. It's two guys, they're building a startup. Um, In 2018, so much has changed since, you know, all the big guys like Salesforce launched back in 2003 and 2002. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you if you want to share the show, we appreciate it. Yeah, that's it for this week. We'll see you next week. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm Justin and get 15% off your first year.